Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Valkyries. I'm Jacob. Susie's on the other line. Susie, how are you? Hey, Jacob. I'm doing really well. How about you? No complaints over here. Good. So before we get to the segment that everyone's uh, looking forward to, our interview with Rain FC defender Megan Oyster, we got to talk about the team's uh, last two games. Uh, they played a game on Wednesday, last Wednesday night, and then on Sunday, this past Sunday. First, the good part, the victory against Portland Thorns on last Wednesday. It was a 1-0 victory by Rain FC. Yeah, I thought um, overall that the team just defended super well against Portland, a team that had by far the most offensive punch heading into the match. Yeah. Um, and as everybody knows, he's been following this team. The rain have no shortage of injuries that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to admit, I was a little nervous heading into the match just because of how well Portland was doing offensively. Yeah. Um, but the rain did like executed their game plan as well as you could have imagined them to, and were able to steal a goal and get three points in front of a, a lot of home fans. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of those games where I was thinking maybe not like the most visually pleasant games from how the rain had to play just because they were so defensive, but impressive just in terms of how they got the results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I went into that match thinking, if they can get a draw out of it, that's great because like you said, rain did not have, um, their, their full strength starting 11 while Portland had their full complement of U.S. national team players and obviously have the history of just being able to just score at will. But like you said, it was just another fantastic display of defense um, by Rain FC. I just thought it was great that once again, for the second time this season, they score in the 55th minute and then mm-hmm. play basically shut down defense uh, mm-hmm. the rest of the way. Can we talk about Lauren Barnes for a second? Yeah, she's pretty good. She's pretty good. And I have to imagine if I was Portland, I would be super frustrated with her after that match. Yeah. And then there was also the a couple instances where Teresa Nielsen uh, pretty <laughs> much told Tobin Heath this is her territory. And yeah, you know, one of those shoulder charges uh, happened within the penalty box and it should have, Portland should have had a penalty awarded to him, but like Curtis Blow said, them's the breaks. Yeah, I thought, you know, <clears throat> in the moment I was like, oh gosh, Tobin sold that so much. And then I rewatched and I was like, eh, that was a little more than shoulder to shoulder. But I think um, it didn't seem like it affected the outcome of the game. And it certainly didn't seem like Portland was dwelling on that. So um, part of you is kind of grateful that the ref just let the game sort of play out in a more natural way yeah and uh, something that you said a couple of days after the game when you and I were talking about it it was fascinating how you said that Portland wasn't doing their usual thing of long balls over the middle of the field and how normally you'd have Lindsay Horan being on the receiving end of those because of her size and her strength and her ability to command the air but in this instance and I think even back to the July 5th game, now granted, the US, Portland's U.S. national team players weren't playing in that one, mm-hmm. so they couldn't really do that uh, game plan. But yeah, Rain FC were just able to just 
pretty much silence that part of the field. Yeah, I mean, that's where Haran was so dangerous last year is that she's very much a box-to-box player and she can um, win the balls in the middle of the field, but then she was able to transition so quickly and get up the field and be um, in the box for long balls. And I just was reflecting on the game and thinking, I don't remember her even being in the box very much um, and having those opportunities. So just the way that the rain defended um, what did Mark Parsons call it? The, a medium block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was, um, some people call it, I guess, a mid block or medium block, but they were, they were kind of seeding possession to the flanks and to the defense, but sort of throwing as many bodies into the box as possible. And it just meant that Haran didn't have the space that she would have liked to work with. Yeah. And I totally understand Portland's game plan in the sense of, you know, use your uh, wingers and attack the flanks because you have Tobin Heath, you have Midge Purse who's playing, you know, it's basically the summer of Midge Purse. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand trying, you know, sticking with what has been working for the past couple of weeks. But, you know, it was still uh, an amazing, impressive effort by Rain FC collectively on the defense. Like you said, Lauren Barnes was just every bit of his why she is still very good and very capable in this league. And then Casey Murphy, you know, more than is, has proven that she can hang in this league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we go to the bad side of the last <laughs> couple, a couple of games for Rain FC. So on Sunday, Rain FC hosted Utah Royals. Basically, Utah needed to win that game, and they did to keep their hopes of a playoff yeah. appearance alive. In the words of former Rain FC head coach, current Utah Royals head coach, Laura Harvey, goals change games. Yeah. And um, while I thought the, the Rain did a really good job rebounding to the early goal that um, Utah scored in the first half, um, they didn't do um, a good job responding to the goal that, that Utah scored in the second half, despite it feeling like a very even game up until that point. Mm-hmm. And then it was like all Utah all yeah. the time at that point. Yeah. Um, Vlatko Nanovsky and the players have all said after the match that it was going well until uh, Lola Bonta's goal in the 55th minute, where she basically went down the middle of the field virtually unchecked and yeah, you know, that's something that you just wouldn't, should never ever see from a Vlatko and an coach team. But, you know, it is what it is. It's just one of those collective brain fart moments where mm-hmm. nobody seems to communicate to each other, hey, there's this storming player coming down the middle of the field. We should do something about it. Yeah, and I thought after that point, I mean, turns out, I'm not sure if you know, but Kristen Press is pretty good at soccer. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, like, all the rain could do is pull her jersey to try to defend her yeah. in the second half when they really got that momentum. Yeah. But I will say this, like, all things considered, they did did a good job of containing her. It's yeah. just everybody else wearing a Utah Royals jersey stepped up in that, in that you know, in that game. And kind of what you – would expect a team that's loaded with talent to do. It's like, if you can contain one star player, one impact player, you should have the others uh, rise up. And yeah. We saw again, Amy Rodriguez do that against Rain FC. Right. 
Yeah, I think um, that Utah has really figured that out now that all their players are back, that you have Barrow Boquette, who's like an incredibly talented playmaker, and then you have A-Rod and Kristen Press, um, and it's hard for a defense to track all three players at once. So you yeah. pull one one player, has two defenders paying attention to them, someone's probably open on the back post, and Katie Stengel was there just to – hit a ball off her thigh basically for yeah. the first goal. And, and really that play was just like one of the most fortunate moments, I think in right. Bengals career. It's like, yes, A-Rod, uh, nutmeg Lauren Barnes. And then she gets a shot up that bounces off the woodwork, but it just falls in that, you know, that ultimate, I just won the lottery position, position yeah. right in front of her. It's kind of like, if you were to replay that sequence, like 10 more times, how many other times would that, exact same scenario happened where the deflection falls right in front of Katie Singles lap and then she just kind of bumps it in. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, I I know this is like this applies to like any to any and all teams in the league, but I think with Utah as good, you know, we know that just it's a talented squad, but I think what if any one of those players get gets hurt, I don't know if that would be too much of a burden for the others to pick up the slack, but yeah. Well, I guess we saw it a little bit when Barrow was out, right? And yeah. they had no offense, even though they still had a rod. And until they had all three, um, with Kristen Press returning from the World Cup, Utah just really struggled. So you're right. I think their their bench isn't quite as deep as some of the other teams. Mm-hmm. And if you lose any one of those attacking core. Um, they really do struggle. Yeah, I would say I would say Vero might be the one player that they can't afford to lose in this stretch due to, to injury. Yeah, yeah. Think, if you can't get press the ball, then she's pretty pretty useless, right? So you need a player who's able to find her. Yeah. So after the break, you'll hear our interview with Rain FC defender Megan Oyster. And after that, you'll hear us uh, preview the weekend's matches. Susie and I are here with Rain FC defender Megan Oyster. Megan, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. I'm glad to be here. And Susie, how are you doing today? Also great. Yeah, no complaints on a Thursday, which is obviously the night we're recording on. <laughs> yes. So, um, Megan, before we go into the fun stuff, i.e. the Q&A, because you've been on the podcast before, um, let's just talk about how the team has been training this week ahead of your uh, trip to Sky Blue FC. Yeah, the training's been good. You know, it's been um, high energy for sure. I think we were definitely bummed coming off that loss and just wanted to get back to work and um, look at the film and take what we can from that and learn and grow. And um, today, especially, I think, you know, the day before we leave, um, the energy was super high. We got to play a little 11 v 11 and um, get right back into it. So I think everyone's just really excited and it's been a great week of training. And you talked about uh, watching film from the game against Utah Royals FC on Sunday where you guys lost. Does it feel like everybody knows, like, what were the lessons learned in, uh, from Sunday's game? Yeah, definitely. I think there's always something that you can take from each game. and. Um, this one in particular, you know, I think we've learned that um, 
we need to finish the game. Um, I think we started off really strong in that game and um, we're going up until like the 60th minute. And then, um, you know, unfortunately we got scored on off of a goal kick and uh, we all kind of looked down almost instead of, you know, Hey, we can get back in this. So um, I think the mentality now is to kind of remind each other um, when we're down that we need to just stick it out and power through and, um, yeah, we kind of saw ourselves um, in that moment, in the, you know, when they scored on us and then things changed. And so, um, yeah, we're learning from that. And um, now we're more aware. So we'll be ready next time. <laughs> awesome. You know, the re result wasn't what you all wanted. But one thing that's been uh, real exciting to see is the boost in um, attendance since the World Cup, getting a little bit of that bump. Mm -hmm. Has it felt different to you being on the field? Have you noticed more fans in the stand? Oh, yeah, it's been awesome. You know, um, the stadium feels full and people have a ton of energy towards soccer right now, which is awesome for us. Um, I know that even in one game, they were starting to cheer uh, our chant um, equal pay. So I haven't heard that yet, but, um, you know, it was awesome to hear that. And people are just inspired and um, want to keep coming to games. And it's helped us out. You know, we didn't win this past weekend, but the previous game against Portland, that was just an awesome atmosphere and there's definitely been a boost and it's just been great to see. So what about your injured teammates that are sitting behind the goal up and above <laughs> you? Can you hear that on the field? Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> awesome. Um, Michelle Batos in particular is like the most animated loud. She's like a coach in the back there. <laughs> so it's fun to have them behind us. And I think, um, you know, just having them there, you know, Pino, Jess, all of them, um, makes us play even better. Um, as you can just feel their presence behind you and they're cheering us on that whole, like their last game was the second half and they were just giving us inspiration and keeping us motivated as much as they could. Have you been tempted to just, uh, turn around and just tell them to like, be quiet because you're getting enough from Baco on the sidelines. <laughs> Yeah, no, we would never. Um, I honestly give them a thumbs up, like behind my back half the game. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I needed that. Um, so it's great. I think there was one moment in the game where um, Kristen Press had a shot and went wide or high or something, and the the crew above started heckling her, and she gave them a little oh. thumbs down. <laughs> yep, they're uh, heckling the the other team and then helping us out. So. I'll take it. They're still a big part of the team, apparently. <laughs> so. Well, that, oh, go ahead, Jacob. No, go ahead, Susie. Sorry. I was going to say that that turns into a little bit more of a serious and sentimental question for me. But um, you know, Blackco has has really praised the entire team, whether that means people who are on the field or people who are injured, for really keeping morale high and keeping you all. Um, nice and together and the word we keep hearing over and over and over in the last month is really family um that it feels like mm -hmm. a family uh does that word capture how you how you feel about the team this year yeah definitely i mean we've just gotten so close through all of this and this team is just built off of resilience and i think um when you go through such hard times like that you know when one person goes down and then another week another person goes down and these are just big players too I mean it takes a toll but I think there's only one way that we've learned in this team and that's to just power through and be resilient and um, it's created this awesome dynamic where um, we're just always there for each other and willing to just take on whatever is next and um, 
it's definitely unfortunate, but I think it's definitely brought this family dynamic within each other. And it's just been a, a, an awesome thing to be a part of, uh, even though uh, the circumstances are rough. So. Do you feel like mm-hmm. there's any um, responsibility on you to be something of like offering guidance to a lot of the new faces uh, being that you were, you know, this is your second year with the team, but you are still one of, you know, the younger players on the squad. Does it feel like, you know, some of the newer faces that have been coming in over the course of the season and asking you for, you know, helping you, helping them get settled into the team environment? Yeah, I think I've just had to take on that role. Um, just because I've, I've been here this entire season and um, as a center back, you, you kind of play each and every game. You don't get subbed out as much. So I think just that alone, you kind of get that, um, I don't know if the word is respect in that way. Um, and so um, I've been through it all. And I think that players now know that and they, they look to me to kind of keep pushing them through because that's all I've had to do is keep pushing through. And um, luckily I've learned to, you know, how to be in that leadership role through, amazing players like Lou and Bev and other players who've been here. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a role that I've had to kind of just take on, but um, I'm happy to do it. And I love to, to kind of teach the new faces that have been in and out. Um, it's like a revolving door and there's been a lot of people, um, but yeah, it's been great. One thing that actually continues to grow more and more, it feels like, um, every month is that you get to continue to welcome new faces that, you played with in Boston and I know the (laughs) circumstances were not ideal in terms of um, the team folding so late and you feeling sort of like what's going to happen to me but 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 now Mm -hmm. you get to be here does do you have a little mini family and all your breakers teammates as well (laughs) yeah it's funny you say that because I swear every day someone on the rain bring it up because um, they think it's so funny we'll like stand in the corner and play our little game sometimes and we don't even realize it we're just like oh this is our team like we want to play like a juggle game before training it started and it always just ends up being that like core little breakers group and um yeah we've been through a lot together so I think we are just super close at this point and it's just been really fun to kind of go through the the each month just gain another breaker player um my best friend now Rosie White's here and that's just been awesome. We've been through college together, then Boston and now this. And so um, it's just been really fun and a lot of experiences together that we can laugh about and talk about and continue to build memories off of. So it's been really fun. And speaking of the UCLA Bruins connection, there are a couple of Bruins <laughs> on the team. You, have you had any mm-hmm. sort of influence with uh, Vlaco and Bill Predmore about bringing uh, more Bruins? <laughs> Oh, man, that's another thing he always talks about with me. But, um, yeah, when, before Darian got here, he asked me, you know, how's Darian? How's Taylor? You know, how are all these players? And I'm like, well, they're like my best friends. So if you're looking for me to say something that you don't want to hear, that's never going to happen. And they're all like my best friends. So, um, yeah, it's a mini Breakers family and also a mini UCLA. So um, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Um, you, you talked a little bit just about how resilient this team has been this year. Are there, is there anything else? I mean, there is an obvious difference this year in that you all moved to Tacoma. Is there anything Mm -hmm. else about this second year with this team that feels different to you? Um, I think the biggest thing, you know, there's those two main things that, um, I think kind of overpower anything else is just the the move itself. I think everyone's just been feeling it out this entire year. And 
Um, luckily, we have a great organization that's been just like pushing the limits for what we can get out of um, Tacoma and just making this a really awesome place to play. And But it's still a growing year in that way. So I think, um, yeah, we're just kind of taking that day by day. And um, that's been a big thing, a big change. And then, yeah, just the injuries and, you know, new faces constantly. I think those two things are just uh, a lot. So, um, yeah, that's brought a lot of resilience within us. But other than that, you know, we're the same team that this foundation is built off of. And, um, yeah, we I think resilience has always been there. But this year has really challenged us the most. So Testing you to your limits. <laughs> yep, we all love it. Off the field, how's the exploration of Tacoma and the surrounding region been for you? Awesome. Um, it's definitely a new area. I still actually live in Seattle, so I do the commute, but it's not that bad. It's against the grain of traffic, so I got lucky in that way. But um, yeah, it's been fun. I think Point Reston and um, that, that whole area is just gorgeous. And we recently got lunch in Gig Harbor, so it's just been fun to kind of explore. And then on top of that, we've kind of seen a new fan base. And um, Tacoma fans are awesome. They are coming to each and every game with so much energy and um, it's just been a fun new change for us, so I've enjoyed it. You got to play at Memorial, um, both as a visitor and then last year, and now you get to play on grass at Cheney. Um, I think mm -hmm. I know the obvious answer, but what what what's the transition been like? What's the transition been like about the grass? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I think you know everyone complains so much about turf and. Um, we've even trained on turf a little bit this year, but they just recently told us that we're going to be training now on grass full time. So um, the group text has just been blowing up about that because everyone is just so excited that we're on grass, you know, less injuries, um, less, you know, just back pain, <laughs> little things that are, they just add up. So I think we're really excited and it's been fun to play on Cheney and definitely, I think, elevated everyone's game just the transition from that turf to grass is huge. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome. We happened to ask Mark Parsons when he was here just about his reaction, and he told us that he actually kissed the ground at Memorial um, in 2017 because he thought that it would be his last year having to play there and um, <laughs> was, had nothing but great things to say about Cheney. Yeah, that's funny. I never knew that. But yeah, we we miss Memorial just because of, you know, I mean, it had a lot of history there, but you can't beat the grass here at Cheney. They do an awesome job with it. So very thankful. So Megan, you joined the team last year through the Boston Breakers dispersal draft. And now you're, you're pretty much our mainstay on the defensive line this year. Can you just talk about um, your growth as a player between the uh, two seasons? Yeah, um, I think I've learned more. Um, I don't know if I should say this, but I've learned more playing under Vladko and in, in this organization than any other club I've ever been a part of and any other team. Um, pro I'm very thankful for the coaches that I've had in the past and the teams that I've been on, but I just think that these two past, this past year and this year, I've just learned and learned so much from other players and from Vladko and been um, under great hands and um, yeah I've just you know to be able to play next to Lauren Barnes consistently um, and get in trainings every day that just push you to the to the absolute max I mean our training session today um, 
you can just take so much away from it because it's like playing a, an NWSL game times 10. I mean, we are just super competitive and every day is just such an awesome environment and um, it's hard not to learn and get better. So I'm very thankful to be here and I've definitely learned so much from um, the team that I've been a part of and also the coaching staff. So yeah, I love it. So um, we know that Blacko has gotten his like advanced mm -hmm. master's degree in defending <laughs> and you are a defender. Yeah. I, I, my dad's a mechanic by trade. And the one thing that like I would never want is for him to be disappointed in me for any car related thing. Are there things you're just like <laughs> terrified about, about like that go through your head a lot knowing that he has such a defensive mindset? Oh yeah. I mean, every single thing we do in the back line, <laughs> he's got his eyes on. So I mean, he just, there's no detail like left unseen, especially with the back line. Like just today alone, I keep re referencing today, but it was a great session. And um, Vladko could easily be coaching like any line he wants, but he chooses to stand behind me, Lou, Steph, and whoever else is back there. And um, so his presence is felt for sure. And his PhD in defending is, is very intimidating so you know that every movement you make every step to the right step to the left he's critiquing um i mean even today i think i i started running up diagonally like literally two two feet to the right more so than he thought i should be and he was like no no no, come inside come inside so there's always some kind of critique but in the end we all learn and get better so um yeah i'll take it <laughs> so um you know, it's it's pretty clear that you've, you're praising, you know, how much you've grown as a player under his coaching and tutelage. Mm -hmm. And part of your growth has been something that's been very nice to see for us, but also for a lot of fans out, you know, that follow the NWSL. And it's kind mm -hmm. of brought up some discussion about, you know, could you be uh, on the radar for a national team call-up? So it kind of brings up to this question. With a new head coach imminent for the national team, does your mentality change in terms of like, you know, gunning for uh, a future national team roster spot? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think my mentality will ever change. I think, you know, my mentality has always been to work as hard as I can and train as hard as I can and continue to grow and get better. Um, I think any coach that takes that role is going to be phenomenal and has going to pick the best players and who they think is the best so um, my goal is to just keep improving and that's always been my mentality so um, I'm really excited to see who the new coach will be but um, again um, I don't think that will change you know how I've acted um, the past couple of years and what I will continue to do all right mm -hmm. what do you think Jacob is it time for some more fun some some of the fun questions Yes. Time for some fun, even though we were. <laughs> uh -huh. All right. First question, Megan. If a movie was going to be made about your life and career, who would you want to play you? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Hmm. Well, I really like, um, let's see. I think Sandra Bullock's a funny actor. Um, I like her and all the roles she's played so I think she would do something cool with me, with me as a character I'm hoping she would make me look good so I'll go with her 
Susie, didn't Michelle Bezos also say Sandra Bullock? Someone else said Sandra Bullock. I think it was Bezos. Really? Yeah. And then, wow. Yeah. I have to fight over her. Yeah, Bezos told yeah. us that, like, it, um, that we have to follow up with uh, Sam Leite about why that answer would be so funny. Oh, right. We haven't done that yet. There's some oh, man. Yeah. why. I'm curious, but for me, I think she's just like, she's a badass. She's really, she can do she, it all. She's like, she can be funny. She can be cool. Yeah. We were kind yeah, of hoping that. Yeah, got it all. We were kind of hoping that you might know a little bit something about this whole uh, story with uh, with Sam. Uh, no. Uh, all right. Well, I'll be sure to find out. Get back to you. One question I forgot to ask you earlier. We know that the team did a draw for the World Cup. Um, what team did you did you end up getting? Oh, I had China. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not a bad team to get. Not too bad. Um, yeah, we didn't get too far, but they did better than I expected. <laughs> um, next question. All right, Megan, it's match day and you're in charge of the team playlist to get everyone energized for the game. What three songs are on the playlist? Ooh, three songs? Yes. Hmm. Well, I've had like this one playlist that I've always referenced. Um, it started back at UCLA mm -hmm. um, and there's some songs on it that are just like sing-alongs or people just start laughing when you hear them um, and one of them is man I feel like a woman <laughs> I think that one's kind of funny and like gets people off their feet and starts weird dancing and yeah they just get going um, another one these are all really random but they're ones that I go back to because again they just like get people singing um stacy's mom and the last one i would say is probably gold digger <laughs> by tanya west a nice combo there stacy's mom yeah when we were talking with darian jenkins a few weeks back she was saying that she was gonna be in charge of the team playlist on match days I think she just basically uh -huh. said, take charge of it. Nobody's going to stop me. <laughs> Has there been um, any sort of like disagreements like, no, nah, Darren, I don't like that song. Or she just pretty much stamps her authority and nobody. That's funny. She said she's going to take charge because she always hands it off to me. She's like, Meg, I don't want to deal with this today. So can you, can you get on it? Huh. She like will change the song sometimes and be like, I don't like this one. She'll definitely say that, but she's handed it off to me a couple of times lately and a lot of pressure <laughs> as someone who we've heard well we've heard in relation to the rain fc book club is just the team organizer oh, yeah. something someone to get something done you turn to her it it's mm -hmm. a lot about her faith in you that she would hand that duty to you it is i mean i get like just as intimidated as vladko coaching me on defending the same goes for d with like song choices like I'll like put a song on and then look to her and I'm like, are you okay with that one? And then she'll like start dancing and then I'm like, okay, I'm in the clear. But yeah, she hands it off if it's very intimidating. <laughs> and speaking of the Rain FC book club, what's been your favorite mm -hmm. book uh, that you guys have read so far? Ooh, um, we kind of just went through this last night. Like what's our top? I still think our first one that we did um, educated has been my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, Although we did just tweet out to the author of 
where'd you go, Bernadette? Hoping that she'll respond because she lives here in Seattle and we want to know more about the book. So um, that one was a close second for me. I really liked it. Do you guys plan on watching the movie adaptation of the book? Yeah, we're super pumped. I think we're going to try and do that on our off day in North Carolina. We're going to do a little team outing to go see the movie and then compare the book to the movie and see like what we liked, what we didn't, the mm -hmm. whole thing. And what's been your least favorite book that you guys have read so far? Oh, well, I was a part of the big group of people who didn't finish the Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> that one we like, or like we just like really quickly decided upon. We're like, let's do a different genre, a classic. And we picked it and then we all started to read it and we're like kind of falling asleep. But I heard that once you get into it, it's really good, but I just didn't really give it the time. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> we have um, what may be the most controversial question we ask on this podcast. Um, that, uh -oh. um, we'll see where you land in this. It's the great debate really of our time, which is where do you stand on pineapple on pizza? Pineapple on pizza. Oh, so it has to be like a hard yes or a hard no. Well, it's however you feel. There have been some people who have had very hard no's or very hard yeses. <laughs> well, I would never, I would never pick it, but I wouldn't take it off. Like I would eat it. It would be okay. fine. Like I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't throw a fit if it was on the pizza, but like it would not be my first choice. <laughs> Kind of a little weird. Stance we've had so far. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna put you down as yes, yes though. Yeah, yes. Okay, <laughs> I'm a yes. Not too picky, but all right. Yeah, I would kind of give it a weird look first. <laughs> if you if you want to laugh, ask J C Johnson about it because she got really animated when we asked her that question. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh gosh. Wait, was she a yes or a no though? Just hard no. Hard no. Hard no. Oh. Oh gosh, it was, funny. it was funny because she said it so loud that we almost missed Shay Groom's answer because she was on at the same time. <laughs> but yeah, she was, JC was really loud that we almost missed what Shay Groom had to say about it. Well, that kind of sums up JC. She is a loud one. She's always animated, so much energy. I could see that. <laughs> um, before we let you go, Megan, uh, last thing. Mm -hmm. What does the team need to do to get the full three points at Sky Blue on Sunday? Have a complete game. I think, um, you know, that's our biggest thing right now is we know what we need to do. We have to just execute it and play 90, 90 minutes plus. You saw what just happened in our last game, two goals in over 90 minutes. So I think, you know, a full game means 90 plus and um, just that focus level and, uh, executing the game plan so we're prepared how's the team feeling about playing the game uh at red bull arena yeah that's so exciting we're all just really pumped um i've never been there so i'm really excited to see it and i think it's going to be a huge deal for you know the city and for um, us as players it's going to be a really cool experience and i'm kind of hoping it sticks for them you know, they've had a great season, credit to them. And I think this is one of the, the ways that um, they can, they've earned this, I think. And I think it'll be really cool for, for all of us. So I'm really, really excited. 
yeah, this afternoon we saw that up at, as of this point, uh, they'd sold like 8,000 tickets for the match and there's still a couple of days left for people to buy. So it's really going to be great to see such a huge turnout for the crowd uh, for that game. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Actually, it's the first time I've heard that, but um, it just shows the potential because, you know, um, I know that's definitely not the numbers that they get for where they play now. Um, and um, I think this is just the step in the right direction for all of us. So we're really excited. And again, I hope it sticks. I hope we can continue to play there or um, at least, you know, give it another try again. It's really mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Well, Megan, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was yeah. really fun and glad we got to talk to you guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us and good luck this weekend. Yes, good luck. Thank you so much. So we're back. Susie, what were your takeaways from our chat with Megan Oyster? You know, it was just, it, I thought it was really cool to hear her reflect on how much she's grown over the last two years under Vladko. Because mm -hmm. um, I think we've seen it, um, but it's just really cool. I think anytime you hear a player reflect on just how much value they've gotten out of this coaching staff i think it's just the little things that we don't get to see every day yeah. um but hearing the players validate it over and over just is nice to hear yeah i really liked how she basically said yeah i've taken on the responsibility of being something of a a point of guidance for a lot of the new players because yeah. we know that like over times we've chatted with Vlado and some of the other players that he's given full credit to veteran players like Lauren Barnes and Bevianes for just keeping, you know, the team in, you know, intact through the season of just baffling injury after baffling injury and how they're really like the driving force that keep, uh, that make it so every new player that comes in feel welcome, get acclimated as quickly as possible and to where we hear things from like, Casey Murphy and Ifeona Mon is like, you know, yeah, I just got here maybe like a month ago, but it feels like I've been here since January. Mm -hmm. And then, so you would kind of expect that from the team's veterans, but then to also hear Oyster, who's basically part of this young but rising core of talent for Rain FC, being like somebody that can all, you know, some of the younger and new players can also turn to, being that she is, you know, still new but still you know she's been with the team since last season so she knows you know the ins and outs just as much as you know Bevianes and Lauren Barnes do right so it's like it's one of those things where I just I, I really like hearing that from her and I'm sure she gives all credit for that being you know she's playing and training alongside Lauren Barnes day in and day out and uh, something that she said about you know, mentioned before is just talking about how their level of communication and trust with each other has just grown exponentially. Like she said after one training that I can just look at Lauren and know what she's saying without ever saying anything. Yeah, I feel like we've really seen that. I mean, and there's games like Utah where there were just like, they were kind of felt like anomalies, but thank goodness in all of the injuries that the team has had that their back line especially their center back pairing has been consistent mm -hmm. because I feel like we would not be seeing the same results if that weren't true they've really both of them just feed off of each other really well mm -hmm. and then also just the way the teams respond 
after they have like let's just face it a really bad loss this season mm-hmm. and saw that last year you know there was that game North Carolina comes into Memorial Stadium and beats them like 4-1 and then they respond basically by going on an unbeaten streak for I think until like late July or something like that yeah and we saw I guess like you said we've seen it a couple times this year when they had that bad away loss in Chicago mm-hmm. and they just kind of grind it out one nothing results over and over and over yeah and then they respond pretty well after the World Cup homecoming match here at Chain mm-hmm. Stadium and then you know time will tell to see how they respond on Sunday at Sky Blue but if you're looking at the short history under Vlaco's watch, you kind of can't help but feel pretty optimistic that they are going to respond a lot stronger and hopefully get the three points this Sunday. You know, I thought too, It's I think it's obviously nobody wants to show any cards. And we've asked players in the past to talk about what is it about, like you, you mentioned that Vlaco sees everything. What has he told you about your game that you really adjusted? And they're usually pretty coy about it, which I get. You don't want to give away any trade secrets. Yeah. But did you hear Megan even talk about, like, I moved diagonally two feet more than he thought I should have. Yeah. Um, it just is a good emphasis on how specific and deliberate he is in giving instructions to his defense and just how prepared this team is every time they walk into a game. Yeah, and you would think if you were just listening to Megan say, oh, yeah, uh, he knows that I walked two feet diagonally, you know, where I shouldn't have. You think that's very innocuous, like, you know, what what's, you know, the harm in that. But then you and I have been fortunate to spend a lot of time with Vlaco and just hearing him and how he, you know, looks and analyzes the game of soccer. And we know, like, that those two, that two feet of going astray means a whole hell of a lot in terms of, what it could open up for if you for an opposing attacker yeah 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 it's it's always just fun to hear the little snippets that we get from the player's point of view in terms of like you know the mind of Vlad Dolanovsky and how those gears in his head are working and how he how he sees how best to prepare his team yeah and speaking of that so there's only three games this weekend on the NWSL calendar because yeah how wild yeah, because go, going forward, there's going to be some uh, midweek games and all of a sudden because it really is the push for the playoffs. Yeah, we're see in that. the crunch time. Yeah, eight games left for Rain FC. There really is no room for error for them or for anybody in the top four, and even with Utah um, in fifth in the table and Houston still having a small sliver of hope to get into a playoff spot. So, that said, let's preview this weekend's games. Um, we're going to start off first with Rain FC at Sky Blue FC. Um, while I was incredibly impressed by how Sky Blue has played recently, I mean, they're coming off of a draw with Portland, beating Chicago. Yeah. I feel pretty optimistic after hearing Megan about just how um, prepared the team is that I think the Rain are going to walk away with the win. Yeah, I'm going with the Rain FC victory as well. Like you said in our chat with uh, Megan Oyster, you hear from her, they sound pretty confident in terms of learning their mistakes from Sunday uh, when they lost to Utah. And like, you know, mistakes that they sound pretty confident aren't going to happen again. 
Um, it is going to be cool that it'll be the second time this season that Rain FC will be on the ESPN broadcast. And yeah. It'll be on, the game will be played at Red Bull Arena. So exciting. And, and we heard, and I know you set, shared that they've sold quite a bit of tickets. So um, I, I, I'm excited about the atmosphere that they're going to walk into. Yeah, it was Dan Laletta that tweeted out around this Thursday afternoon that as of right at the time, 8,000 tickets had been sold and there's still, you know, two, two and a half days left before the game actually kicks off. So it is quite possible that they could uh, flirt with getting maybe um, mid 9,000s, maybe 10,000. Yeah. So if you're listening and you happen to live on the East Coast... We recommend it. Yeah. Um, before Sky Blue FC and Rain FC kick off on Sunday, though, you have two games on Saturday. Mm-hmm. First up, you have Orlando Pride hosting Utah Royals. Mm. Yeah, I think Utah's gonna gonna walk away with that. I'm gonna be bold, and I'm gonna say a draw. Uh, I think that's fair. I think Orlando didn't play last week, right? I don't think they did. No, they, they no, they played against Houston. Oh, right, right, right. No, it was that, that, and they got two red cards. Right? How could I forget that game? Silly me. Um, right. Well, they'll have some players who can't play and will get rested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Despite the fact that they won't have uh, the service, Marta and Julie King. I don't know. I think somehow Orlando gets scrappy and plays a game that frustrates Utah. They could, for sure, yeah. Because we know that there's always going to be that there's a game where, like, you think the on paper the favorite team should win, but then for whatever reason, because one, it's the NWSL, and this league is just wild. Yeah. It could be one of those games where Orlando pulls out some sort of scrappy game where, you know, they keep an offensive firepower consisted of Kristen Perez, Amy Rodriguez, and Vera Boquete, and Katie Stengel, you know, in check and get a draw. I think it's a very fair prediction. And then the final game on Saturday, Portland Thorns hosting Washington Spirit. They've had some fun games this year, mm-hmm. um, but I just feel like Portland at home is showing – Showing off a little bit, um, and ha- they have just done pretty well. I'm sorry, I'm thinking out loud. Um, I think Portland's gonna win. I think Portland's gonna win also because I think with the expansion to with the recent improvements to Providence Park, that place is becoming kind of a weird place because you just saw North Carolina have conceded two own goals. <laughs> over the weekend not to mention north carolina i was after the first 15 minutes i was like oh my gosh this game's gonna be five nothing north carolina uh-huh. and then suddenly portland sort of woke up mm-hmm. um and i'm sure the crowd gave them a good little momentum push there yeah i think the crowd uh, woke them up <laughs> totally. yeah because i was like "Ooh, this is gonna get ugly so yeah, I just think there's they're, Portland in particular set up really well for this final stretch because of all the home games they have. Yeah. So but they do still have to travel to Shady Stadium later this year. So 
yeah, they still do have to do uh, do that, but that's something that we can preview as it gets closer <laughs> to yes. the road. Yes. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we sign off for this episode? Um, no, I don't think so. How about you? Uh, nope. All I gotta say is, again, Megan Oyster, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, it was a really fun conversation. Yeah. And so, uh, good luck to Rain FC this Sunday, and we'll be back and catch you later next time, folks. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>